coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. And I kind of like being the dummy when it comes to certain things. They have an article about me in that magazine when I was doing it. Were you the centerfold, Bill? Were you the centerfold? You had a Samsung Galaxy 10 or 11. You got a smartphone. Now, I think we, what, what you have is... You may not have a, he may not have a smart operator. Maybe that's... <laughs> <laughs> There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you saying thank you for all the opportunities. Thank you for the creations. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for health and strength. Thank you for technology that really makes a difference in the world today. Thank you for those us old geezers like myself who don't always embrace technology. So we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and believe, amen. Amen. Dearly Father, just uh, we lift up our families during the holiday season, keep them safe, watch over them as they travel about. We ask that you uh, help Odell with his chest cold and that get away to take it away in time for him to go to the holidays and visit his, his grandbabies and his family. Uh, Lord, we, we, we thank you for technology that what we have here on the podcast, that we're able to do this through Zoom and all kinds of other technology that you have and the recordings and then put it on podcasts around the world. Uh, we, Lord, we thank you that you're, we're now in 14 countries uh, with the podcast. Uh, you've blessed Odell and I immensely. Amen. Amen. So, Bill, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, I was up in deer camp last week and, uh, I made, I, I didn't, I didn't shoot one deer. I didn't shoot even my bullet. Uh, I took a couple great naps in the deer stand, saw some spectacular sunrises. And then I cooked some meals. I cooked some, uh, I made a pasta meal and, uh, and then I made a, uh, a roast, uh, with a red wine reduction with, with, uh, vegetables, and uh, then I took uh, some mushrooms and onions and honey and balsamic vinegar and red wine to reduce that and put it over the top of the mashed potatoes. So it was good. You know what, Bill? I, I just when I when I hear when I hear stuff like that, I, I laugh it, it within myself. I have a joke that I play with myself. I know. I know. I know. I talk to myself. I don't always answer myself all the time, <laughs> but I do it from time to time. Where I grew up, everybody knew we didn't have, you know, we had Ripple. We had uh, stuff like that. So cooking with wine was never even a thought <laughs> until I got older. People drunk wine. People didn't cook with wine. But, you know, I'm evolving. I, I'm, I'm becoming more exposed and that kind of good stuff. But it's interesting. Um, and thank you for praying for my chest cold. I've had had a cold a couple of days again. And, you know, nowadays, if anything look like a cold or a cough, you're like COVID one, COVID two, the the variant, Omicron. You know what's next. So I'm very careful. So you know I'm sitting around the house. A normal cold is a normal cold, right? And the wife's like, "Nah, you know you have to go get that checked out." And I'm like, "This is just a cold. Give me some Mucinex. I'm good." So eventually, you know, the wife always wins. So I called and I'm gonna go to the doctor. Well, they did this thing called telemed visit and i'm like man i'm back to the days when i first went to the airport and i wanted a ticket and they said no do self-check-in 
So, you know, old geezer like me who finally <laughs> came out of the cave is close to 2022. So I'm coming out of the cave and I still have the black and white TV with the rabbit ears antenna and the knob is broken because we were poor. So we had little um, pliers that we changed the channels with. So, you know, I'm coming from that. So now all of a sudden I have my first teleconference medical visit today and I'm sitting there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. And when you have a chest cold and you laugh, it doesn't always sound right. But I'm sitting there talking to my doctor and I'm like, you know what, Odell? You came out of the cave, my friend. You're having teleconference medical visits and things called my chart and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this is just crazy. But that's the, I'm, I'm your caveman buddy, Bill. Your caveman yeah. buddy. Well, you're, we're going to drag you kicking and shouting into new into the new technology, uh, and uh, we're both learning as we go along with this. And uh, it's we had to set up we set up our own podcast studio, and we're, we have to learn how to record and then send it to our agency in Atlanta. It's been going along good. Now, let me ask you a question: that doctor visit, okay? Uh, did you have to take your clothes off or anything? No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't make me laugh at this call. Well, let me ask you another question then. Did he, did he charge you the same amount? I'm sure he charged me the same amount. <laughs> Listen, all I wanted him to do what he had to do and call in a prescription or something like that, and I'm good. Because I guess the main thing was I went and reported to the wife. Uh, okay, I had to visit. You know, I had to visit. So that's the main <laughs> thing. She's happy because that's just the way it is. But, yeah. you know, when you start thinking about uh, technology and millennials and all this kind of stuff, and you, you, you love them. You love them. And we have a special guest today, Bill, that, I mean, just, I'm, I, I, Hate is a strong word. I'm not going to say hate. I dislike going to the DMV sometimes because of the manual process. I dislike going to the cell phones, the Sprints, the Verizons. I love them now. I have to have the phone. But every time I go in there, I feel, and it's not true, but I feel they look at me like an old guy coming in there. And I'm like, okay. I want to be open. I want to listen. But at first, I have to protect the fact that I don't get upsold. That makes sense. How, how do you handle, Bill, when you go into the, 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 the cell phone stores without calling the name? You know, when I walk in, I look for the youngest person because they know they got all the technology. And then I'll hand them my phone and I'd say, this isn't working. Show me which buttons to push. And they take your phone and they start doing their magic. And next thing I know, the thing's working. I said, can you show me that? And they said, uh, no, if I show you, I have to kill you. And well, so <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, the last time, let's see, either Sprint or Verizon is bad. I don't even know what, what, what phone I have. Somebody bought somebody out. I think Sprint bought Verizon out or Verizon brought Sprint out. So all of a sudden, my old package, my old plan, all of a sudden, I didn't get service like I used to. And I'm like, okay, the satellites are still up in the sky, I think. You know, so we have to get somebody who know about space, know about satellites, know about all this kind of stuff, Bill. Because, you know, an old guy like me, all I want my phone to do is to work. That's all I want it to do. All I want to do is get coverage. And I don't know what this roaming thing is all about. Roaming. Of course, when I'm trying to talk, they say, well, we're going to roam. Of course, I'm going to hit the button. Yes, accept. And I guess I'm a sucker born every day on that kind of stuff, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that roaming stuff can get you all messed up. Well, let's introduce our guest today. He's a he's a personal friend of yours, and I think you you met him. Uh, you have to tell the story how you two met. Uh, so, uh, Christian Adams, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys are hilarious, by the way. Now I'm just over here laughing, listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Chris, it's almost like listening to your old uncle at the family union. Or, uh, you know, at least we tell us some of the lies that some of the old guys tell around the table. When I was your age, I did this and I did that. <laughs> the barbershop, right? Yeah. Exactly. I had the pleasure of meeting Chris about a year or so ago at NRB, you know, National Radio Broadcasting in, I think it was Galveston, Texas. Yeah. I was sitting there, Bill, and, you know, it was about a zillion people. 
and out of the zillion people, it's probably about five black people in the whole thing. So maybe. I see, yeah, maybe. So I see this, I was sitting down and this young black guy came up and, and sat down and I started talking to him and I'm like, okay, this guy, you could just tell, Bill, you could look at some people and know he's smart, brainiac type guys. This is that guy. He's one of these brainiac type guys who just know stuff, man. He started talking about some things and I didn't understand what he was talking about. So I just started saying, yeah, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, let's exchange business cards and we'll get back up with each other. So Christian, listen, man, you are a brainiac, but you are good people. And what did you think when you met the old guy there, the old good looking black guy? You know, what did you think when you met me? Man, I was like, who's this smooth uh, Denzel Washington looking cat sitting right here by himself, man? Let me let me go see what he's up to over here. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> but not, but not, man. You know, I, was, I, I always try to uh, meet as many people as possible. But you're right, man. When you see another uh, uh, brother at event, in an event like that, you kind of want to break the ice and see, like, what, what brought you here? What are you what are you doing? Um in this industry, I, I feel like you had something to do with radio. I, you know, you had that kind of exudence of personality about you, you know, when you spoke. So I, I didn't know you had a, a nationally syndicated, well, I should say a globally syndicated podcast though, uh, show here, which is pretty impressive. But, uh, you know, it was, it was great meeting you, man. It was a great, great int introduction, I think. Well, listen, I didn't look like the old guy who's coming into the cell phone place. Me and Bill coming in there together. And the young guy said, I'm going to make all my bonus money on them because we're going <laughs> to walk out there with three or $4,000 equipment and all kind of stuff. And we're going to leave our perfectly good cell phone in the trade in and get nothing for it. So, you know, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see you like a mark. I didn't look at you like, oh, here's, a, here's my next target right here. That's not, it, was, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. So let's see yeah. if I got this right. You met him in a, cell phone store no 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 i met him at a national conference and when i did some background on him he it just flew through all these places like verizon and stuff he worked for them and he's just excelled and it's almost like that satellite concept of verizon is not big enough i want to go out there and deal with the, the stuff like musk and all these other people are doing that's my concept the old guy's concept but that's why we want him to explain to us because I don't know this stuff, man. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know. But I, one thing I do know, he's on the cutting edge. So, Christian, can you explain it to two old guys what you do and why you do what you do? Yeah, man. I think, you know, a good starting point for me would be kind of like the back step a lot and to kind of go into a little bit of my, of my upbringing, if, if that's cool with you guys. Because, you know, so I, I grew up in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, not too far but in the, in the church, man. So I grew up in the church, right? My dad was a pastor and, you know, my whole family was talented. I'm talking about my dad was a, was an artist, was a, was a musician and, uh, you know, a singer. My mom was a singer, artist, musician. My brother could do everything. And then here was me, right? No talent. You know, you're talking about a guy that couldn't, couldn't play an instrument, you know, uh, couldn't sing a, a lick of a, a, a note, couldn't draw a, a stick figure, you know, and trying to figure out like what, you know, what's my talent? What's my space? What am I going to do? Right. And I knew one thing that I was always interested in was uh, was technology, you know, even from a young age, you know, I had the old Atari and I would try to figure out how, to, how does the Atari work? You know, how did they actually get this on the screen? I had the, the Nintendo and all these other different things. I remember my first uh, Nokia cell phone like it was yesterday, that big piece of brick sitting in my hand, you know, trying to uh, you know, customize it and add different face plates to it and all this other stuff. So technology, I think, was my calling. From a, from a young age. So, you know, most of my career has been centered around technology and and, and learning it and, and talking about it and telling people about it and, get, and trying to get other people excited about, uh, feed off my excitement around technology. So that's 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 been something that I, I've, I've chosen to be my background. And, you know, how I got to working into in, in satellite space is not too much of a long story. It's not as interesting as you would think. I came, I was working with uh, Verizon for a long time on the enterprise side of business. Um, handling uh, enterprise connections and talking to, you know, large companies about connectivity and, and different solutions and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, COVID hit, right? So we all, we all know about COVID. It hit. The whole atmosphere changed. I ended up having to work from home and it just wasn't the same. And, I, I, you know, my wife would come downstairs and look at me and she was depressed from seeing me depressed. She was like, you gotta, you gotta change it up, man. You gotta do something different because you're not, 
that same exuberance that you had about technology, about talking about it, it's not there for some reason. I, and I don't really know. I can't really pinpoint what changed, man. It was something about COVID, about just being at home all the time, about all of these web conferences, uh, these web webinars and things of that nature got to me. Um, but in that, you know, a gentleman reached out to me from Capital Broadcasting and Capital Broadcasting actually owned the company that I work for. And he was this uh, really, really cool guy, man. It was, his name is Chris. Really cool, smooth guy. He, he reached out to me. He was you know, trying to learn a little bit more about what I do at Verizon or what I did at Verizon. And he started to talk about this opportunity that he had available with a company called Microspace. And when he was telling me about it, I was like, you got the wrong guy, man. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, I was like you, Odell, like satellites and propulsion and, and, and space network uh, capacity and all this other stuff. But long story short, man, it, you know, I end up understanding more of his vision. And he was looking for someone that was able to understand technology related to customers and prospects and then to be able to feed it back to him in a way where hopefully everyone can understand it. And it ended up being a really great decision. I mean, the company's doing some, some really cool things with satellite uh, technology. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to be with the company. So it's a long, long way of describing how I got to this point, you know. Well, well Chris, did anyone ever tell you you're Black? <laughs> and Black people not supposed to be, because, uh, and not trying to be funny, but I'm, I'm real, in the fact that a lot of times bias, prejudice, and stereotypes, someone would look at you, as a young black man and like no way he knows about all this and but at the same time i remember when i saw you it's just something about you is like wow this guy's got it going on this guy's got it on and before bill jumping let me let me share something with you that really reminds me of you it's a poem by langston hughes that says i too and it says this i too saying America, I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, I'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. Wow. I too am America. And it says, and I misread, it says, besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. And I think about you because you are just so smart, man. And the fact that not that it ever happened to you or didn't happen to you. And the fact that if someone look at you and look past what you bring to the table, but thank God for this Chris gentleman, Chris, don't know him. I'd love to meet him one day. He saw something in you. So what did you think when he saw in you and he called you and you said, you got the wrong guy? Yeah, I mean... You know, I think it's one of the things where you look at the, 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 the picture and you say, it's, it's no way I can accomplish that. Right. You start to second guess who you are. And, 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 and it does have to do somewhat with race. Right. Um, in, in the industry that I'm in now, the satellite industry, there's not a lot of color, man. You know, it's not, you know, it's rarely that I'm it's, it's probably oftentimes none, none of the times that I'm on a meeting and I see anyone that looks like me. I, I, I could probably name maybe two times that that's happened. Right. In, in this industry. Um, but I think I saw in that a mission as well, right? There has to be a change in the landscape um, for diversity and unification when it comes to that. And that there are a lot of, um, you know, people of color that are talented and have a skill set to be able to uh, integrate themselves into this industry, right? And, and, and to show that they can do it. And the first step is just, just starting it, man. I think that was the thing. Like you, you know, I was, I was afraid. Obviously, I was, I was scared. I thought the opportunity was bigger than me. You know, to be able to take on the whole business development and sales branch of this company from a, from, from that perspective. But, you know, I also had to think to myself, it, it's, it's more than just me that I'm representing here, right? You know, what, I, what I can do, I think, is open up the doors for some other uh, young person of color or some other young person with maybe not the best opportunities to start with to say, you know what, if he can do it, 
if he can get in there, if he can, if he can learn it, then I know I can, you know, and that's, I think that's, that's the goal at the end of the day for me. And that's why, you know, I think mentorship is, is so important. Well said, well said, you know, uh, as you were talking, I was, uh, I was reflecting on how many black men and women uh, were never given opportunities, but still excelled. You know, they fought the good fight for the next generation for folks like you and Odell to move into that space and then make room for the next generation behind you. It's, it's story after story. I do have a question about your company. Uh, what tell us the name of it and what exactly does it do? Sure. All right. So the, the name of the company is, is Microspace Communications, right? So what we do is we move data and I'll explain it a little bit better. So one of our probably biggest branches of our company is our Christian radio consortium. So we have a lot of uh, Christian radio um, you know, media companies that they, they'll, they'll, they'll send content to us and we'll move it across the country. Or we'll move it across the world over satellite. And um, the reason why satellite is important for that is satellite can touch hundreds and thousands of, thousands of locations at one time, send content reliably and securely to those locations with, with, little, with, the, with the least amount of, of, um, of downtime. And that's why, you know, they rely on satellite. That's why a lot of broadcast companies rely on satellite. So that's, that's in a sense, what we do for many companies. And it's any, any media company, any content company that is looking to get, um, you know, some live media or, or, or even media that's um, kind of maybe may not be live, like a podcast out there across the country. We can distribute it over satellite and do it feasibly and, you know, cost effectively uh, for them. So hopefully in a, in a nutshell, that kind of gives you a description of what, of what we do here at, at Marcus. That's great. So it's, is it a Christian organization? You know, that's a great question. It's not a Christian organization. We, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. We had a, a general manager about a year, two years ago. Yeah, his name is John, John Bimrose. And, uh, you know, he was a, a, a Christian man, right? Very strong in his belief. Um, and he was well-loved. You know, everyone loved John Bimrose and, and talking to him. He, he built so many different connections throughout our industry and, and touched so many people. Unfortunately, um, December, I think, of 2020, he, um, you know, lost his battle to cancer, you know, unfortunately. But he played such a pivotal part in our company that we wanted to continue his, his, his uh you know, his mission of bringing in, you know, Christian radio, Christian media, working with Christian companies. That's not, that's not all of our customers. Most of our customers are, you know, sit outside of like uh, religious content, but a decent amount of them are, you know, Christian radio. And we, we look at those customers, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a connection on a spiritual level, obviously, because of the content that they're distributing. Our, our company is not a Christian company, but we pride ourselves in, you know, being able to help Christian uh, media companies or even churches, you know, get the word out there, reach as many people as possible, but do so, uh, you know, cost effectively, which is important. What did you do before this company? Did you work in the cell phone area? Uh, yeah, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily cell phone, like so Verizon, you think Verizon, you think cell phone. I was working with Verizon on the enterprise side of business, but we were doing all kinds of stuff, man. I mean, um, you know, fleet tracking for vehicles, um, communications, uh, you know, from a from a cell point, cell phone standpoint, but laptops, tablets, the whole thing. So it was always the big picture of how can we help the company connect and be more relevant in this ever changing business landscape, you know, which not only, you know, businesses, but consumers face the same thing. It's, you know, how fast can I get this movie sent to me? You know, how quickly can I get it downloaded or you know, wherever I'm at, can I always get a connection? You know, I, I know you probably know this, uh, Bill and Odell having probably grandkids. They always got a tablet in their hands. You know, they, they always want to be connected to something. They always want to download and watch something and stream something. So that's the big that's the big hurdle. How can they stay connected regardless of where they are and get that same quality? So, yeah. 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 And, you know, I see that when I travel, uh, you get on an airplane or if you get in, if you're in an airport, the kids are playing around with their tablet, entertaining themselves, waiting for their flight or watching a movie. Uh, it's amazing, you know, the uh, how all that works. And uh, speaking to the choir, man, my, my kids, 
you know, sometimes I got to take the tablet away from them. They're 24 seven on their tablets. And I'm like, all right, guys, it's time to go outside and play. I remember those times where you used to go, <laughs> go outside and actually play. And now it's just on the computer, on the tablets. But, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Question for you. When you start thinking about satellite radio, I could, what is it called? Cyrus or Sirius? What was the name of it? Sirius FM. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was a big deal at first. Don Imans, the whole thing. Is that still there? Because what I usually think about is this. A lot of people who I talk to who's in Christian radio, they say, well, Christian radio is dying out. Um, you know, so you get to see it both ways. Is it dying or, and again, like you said, all opinions are your own. You're not representing the company. You're representing your personal opinion. I'm asking you. So from Christian radio to a Vodell, now, I'm famous for asking bad questions, meaning 20 zillion questions in one. So here's one of these questions. Christian radio, but at the same time, if I get on Facebook, then all of a sudden I have all these trackers on me. What's the trackers called again? Uh, the cookies. Some of the cookies that, that attach to you. Yeah, the cookies and how they start kind of trying to be proactive on what I'm thinking. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden now... I asked for car tires and now my phone's bringing me stuff on car tires. Is all that part of it? Yeah. So uh, two questions, right? The, the first to the first question, I don't think Christian radio is dead. I just think they have to pivot. They have to make a change. Right. And these are conversations that we're having almost every day with some of our customers. They're trying to understand, like they're seeing their numbers go down. Right. They're seeing a the viewership decrease or the listenership, I should say, decrease. And they're trying to figure out how do we stay competitive? I mean, you have things like, um, Spotify or, you know, our Apple, Apple, Apple music out there that are taking listenership away from radio. I can honestly, guys, I can tell you, I can't tell you the last time I actually got in the car and turned the radio on, you know, right. I, I'm getting in the car and I'm, I'm automatically going to Spotify because I can listen to what I want to listen to when I want to listen to it. I don't have to listen to all these commercials and things of that nature. But, you know, I think the conversation is really around content on demand for 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 Christian radio. It's about, you know, how can we provide the content, but do it in a way where they can listen to it when they want to, how they want to on and on any any anything. You know, I can be on my computer. I can listen to it. I can be on my cell phone. I can listen to it. I can be in my car. I can listen to it. Um, so I think that's that's the, the obstacle that a lot of uh, Christian radio companies are facing right now is how can we get this in the hands of a younger generation because our current listenership, they may be aging out a little bit. You know, they may be, uh, they may even be moving on to different types of, uh, you know, forms of, of receiving that content. So I like what you guys are doing with the podcast. I think podcast is something that's going to be around for a long time. I, you know, I've been looking, I've been listening to podcasts for a while and I just see more and more, um, you know, uh, people with talent going to podcasts instead of going to radio, right? And I'll tell you, at, at the company that I work for, Capital Broadcasting, a big part of our company is radio. But then we're also start, we're also trying to think about how can we do more on a podcast? How can we do more on the audio on demand? And, and how can we add video to it? How can we make it a little bit more, um, you know, engaging with with a different base of customers? So, you know, that's that's a great question. And um, to, the, to the second part of that question in regards to, to the Facebook algorithms and how they work, you know, I think when you when you when you run into where uh, you have one company that starts to own everything, like, for instance, you have a, a Google that, um, you know, or, you know, they may they may own Instagram, they may own, you know, all these different companies, but all of these companies are under the same umbrella of um, social media. It doesn't matter where you go. You could be on Google searching for something. And yes, you're going to go to Instagram and see, uh, you know, what you searched for two days ago pop up right in front of you. And it, it's, it feels like they're listening to your conversations. And I think to a certain extent, they probably are. But I think that's, the, yes, unfortunately, that is the future of um, marketing. That's the future of getting eyes on what you're trying to sell. And I don't think that's going anywhere. If anything, I think it's going to amplify itself. I do like, however, how Apple, if you have an iPhone, sometimes it'll give you the option of, do you want this to track you? Do you want this to, 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 to know what you're, what you're doing? And, and you can opt out of it. I think that's going to be more and more important because we still need to have rights. You know, we still need to be able to choose. Do I want you watching me? You know what I mean? Or listening to what I'm, uh, what I'm saying or not? I think that's, that's very important. But yeah, 
So when you think about the smartphone, where did that whole concept come from, the smartphone? So Odell still have a, um, uh, what's that thing, Galaxy 8, so analog. Is that the right? No, that's not the right term. You got a flip phone? Huh? Does he have a flip phone over there? Now, I'll be, now wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. I'll be <laughs> yeah. on a flip phone now. I'll be <laughs> okay, on a flip phone. But I don't have a smartphone. I have, what's the next thing people still have? Um, Android. Galaxy, huh? Android. There you go. There you go. There you go. So I don't have a flip phone. I have an Android. And everybody says, Pastor Cleveland, if you just get a smartphone, you could do this and you could do that. Well, no one asked me, why do I still have a Galaxy 10 or 11? Phone. See, nobody don't ask me anything anymore, right? Well, the thing I is- say, if they ask me, I would say, Kristen, the reason why I have this phone is because I love taking pictures. I love taking pictures, and the camera on the phone is better than the camera that's on the fancy dancy two zillion dollar iPhones. But no one asked me. They just figure the old guy is still got that uh, pocket uh, flip phone and everything else. Right. Yeah. So let me let me let me correct you there, Odell. You do have a smartphone. OK, so you have a smartphone. If you got a if you had a Samsung Galaxy 10 or 11, you got a smartphone. Now, I think we, what, you, what you have is you may not have a you may not have a smart operator. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Bill, I wasn't going to say that. But, you know, you, it, it's funny. You know, you got this separation between um, kind of Apple and Android. And it's like either you sit on one side of the fence or the other. It's like it's a battle. It's almost like, you know, bloods and crips. Like you got a, you got an iPhone. Don't even don't even text message me. I don't want to see your green bubble pop up in my text messages, man. It's like it's crazy how that is. But, you know, I, from, to answer your question about a smartphone. First of all, I wish I had a smartphone when I was in school. I would have I would have straight A's. I don't I don't understand how kids don't have straight A's with a smartphone in their pocket nowadays uh, because everything is right at the tip of your fingers. But when I think about smartphones now, I, I think the, the main thing I use my phone for, um, obviously research and, and pulling stuff up. But then the, the smart home integration, how it integrates with everything. I mean, to me, that's the future. To me, this is the gateway. It's going to be the gateway to everything. Your wallet's in here now. You know, your, your, your keys are soon going to be in here for your car. You're going to be getting your car and you have your smartphone in your pocket. Your, your, your car is going to unlock. Your car is going to start. I mean, everything now, this is this is going to be the gateway and it's going to, be, going to continue to be that way um, for smartphones. So it's really going to be a smart tool in your pockets moving forward because of how everything's going to be integrated with it, you know? But, but Chris, before before Bill jumps in here, now, have you ever heard of the Jetsons? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you ever heard of the Flintstones? Yes, of course. Okay, I'm on the Flintstone side of things. Oh, no. Now, I know, you know, I remember when I first got in corporate sales, we had this thing called a bag phone where you took the bag and you plugged it in the car and you could go from there. So, and I remember my didn't, son. Didn't Scarface have that phone over there? <laughs> Maybe. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the old, you know, caveman. I just came out the other day at my rabbit ears. And the whole <laughs> other thing was when my son first wanted a, a phone with a camera phone. That's what he used to call it, camera phone. And we like, what do you need a camera phone for? But, you know, again, we bought it. So, I'm not the Jetsons. I don't know if I even trust. The fact that all that's on there, but I, but again, sixty-one, getting ready to be sixty-two. I'm an old guy trying to do better. But Bill, help me out, Bill. Throw me a lifeline because I think Bill said it best. It's not the phone who's a smartphone; it's the user who's the dummy. And I kind of like being the dummy when it comes to certain things because I don't know if I want all my access, everything on the phone. But that's just me. You said Odell. They know all about you anyway. Don't worry about it. They got to follow on all of us. Bill, help me out. Well, you know, Odell, as you were talking, I just realized you're probably in the cloud. Do you know what that is? I, I know I've heard about it. Google Cloud Storage, all this, but don't don't make me don't make a preacher start lying, like try to explain like I know everything. Because I'm like most people, we don't want to seem like we're dumb, but we really don't understand everything. So I'm probably in the cloud somewhere. You know, back in the days in the 60s, it was a different kind of cloud, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> Well, there's a, in the cloud, they have, it's all broken out and seg- segmented in different things that you can put. Uh, for example, I have a cloud for my emails and for photos. So I suspect, Odell, there's a cloud section for good-looking black men that you're in. 
<laughs> well, you know what? I'm mad at you, brother. Now, see, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. <laughs> and there's hey, Odell, Odell, hopefully it's not called Tinder, you know. that. that no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't want to go there. I've heard about that, so I'm going to leave that alone. Bill, get me out of trouble, Bill. I'm a yeah. quick saying. Well, well you're in, you're, you, there's a section in the cloud for black men that have missed a big buck, and I suspect <laughs> you're in there. <laughs> I'm in everything. <laughs> no, it's it technology. And, you know, you think about what's next, what's next. I have no clue that people, you know, people are already thinking things that are make the, what we have today obsolete. And uh, it's, you know, I'll give you electric cars, for example, 20 years ago, the only thing that was electric was a golf cart. You didn't see electric vehicles. Now, you know, we got the Toyota plant going to build all electric batteries here for the Toyota. And so in the next 20 years, everything's going some form of electric. So then how do we do charging stations? I know there are people already thinking about, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to pull into something like a gas uh, quick lube, you pull your car in, a device is going to come and detach your battery, put a new one on in 90 seconds and you drive out. And uh, uh, Bill, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> or what kind of car do your wife drive? She drives a Tesla model X with the gold wings. Okay. Yeah, she loves oh, it. I, I I offered to sell it one time, and that was not a good thing for little Billy to do. That it took it right off the table. But I I've got on order the Tesla truck, uh, so it'll probably get it in twenty twenty three, and it's the five hundred mile range one, the big Big Mac Daddy, and uh, we put solar panels on our house so we charge with the solar. Uh, well, you, so. you know, Bill, you bring up a good point. I had I had this conversation the other day with one of my one of my coworkers. I think. Um, electric cars would, would progress, the, you know, our, our attachment to them, our usage of them would progress so much more if the rest of the industry outside of Tesla would be willing to adapt to the technology a bit more, right? So so Tesla, they have their, their fast charging network, right? Probably the most reliable fast charging network you can find. You, you, every time you go to one of those uh, stalls, it's going to be working, you're going to get out of there in the minimum about uh, at the maximum, I would say about an hour of charging time if you're at zero. Right. And you you know this, Bill, your wife has one and you could plan your trip according to where these fast charging stations are. So I have a hybrid car. Right. I have a hybrid. My problem is I go to, you know, it's it's not on the um, Tesla network. Right. So these these stations are very rarely repaired. They're 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 not even maintained. Right. So you. You, it says it on the map that is there. You go there and then it's a 50-50 chance if it's going to work or not, right? But the thing is, I think I don't think people know is that Tesla has opened up their technology to the to the to the rest of the um, the automobile uh, to the rest of automobile companies. So they're allowing for them to use their fast charging technology to integrate into their own their own vehicles. But the it, it seems like a stubbornness from like your your other manufacturers out there to take on this technology, but think about it. If they did, how much, how much quicker we, we, we could move into, um, you know, uh, electric power over, over gas power, you know, yeah. because now we have fast charging networks that are gonna work for all vehicles, you know? Yeah. I think that's important. And I think the bill that just got passed, the trillion dollar bill, I think it had things in there. Christian, how old are you again? 30, 36. I'll explain it, Bill. Like, so my brother, for instance, my younger brother, and this is, I'm the, I'm the oldest brother. So it's, 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 it's even worse when your younger brother can, can run track. He can draw like nobody's business. He can sing like uh, Stevie Wonder almost, you know? Um, and, you know, he, he gets straight A's in school all the time. You know, all of that was kind of going against me. And I was a kid at a young age that I was staying in trouble, you know, I, me and my brother were joking about this the other day. He was like, I don't know what was wrong with you, man. I don't know what, like, what was going on with you when you were younger that just finally just clicked for you. And you said, okay, I got to get serious about something. But yeah, I mean, everyone in my family had a um, artistic skill or just a mental capacity to absorb knowledge. And um, the only thing that ever intrigued me was just technology. If it didn't have like a screen attached to it or bells and whistles or something like that, it couldn't hold my attention. And I think back then, you know, everything was analog as far as like uh, going to school. There was no tablets. You know, you're reading out of a you know, black, you know, black and white book. You having to read off paper and things of that nature. So I had a hard time really 
grasping a lot of school, honestly, man. I didn't do the best in school early on um, until I learned that, you know, how to integrate technology into it. And, and, and to that point, I feel like technology is, is pivotal for learning, um, to the usage of technology for learning. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I was probably the least talented, in my opinion, in my family. <laughs> well, you know, when I came up, people who were smart, and who were of African-American descent. In a lot of cases, we call them nerds. Um, I just I just made some real bad mistakes as it relates to not doing my homework, not studying for tests and all this, and still expecting a good outcome. And until I got serious about going to college, I started studying and doing homework and doing those things and said, hey, it's a good idea if you read the chapter before the test, man, you might do a whole lot better, Odell, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But I always scored very high on those high IQ tests, the little um, pencil, number two pencil. You remember those, Bill? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And I remember when I took uh, technology for us was when we learned how to program a COBOL and Fortran. That was that was big technology. <clears throat> but I got into technology uh, through uh, I was working for uh, uh, Avon Products and we had to run uh our manning, we called our staffing because we had people working on the factory floor and we needed to know how many people we needed that all the time. And then every now and then we needed some temporaries. We called that uh, gross, uh, number of gross and the number of net. And uh, so, but, you know, I used to tell everybody, and they said, what's the difference between the gross worker and a net worker? I said, well, we got these people running around the floor with nets and they catch the gross ones. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did, I did uh key punch, key punch the cards and run them through the system and uh, learned how to do that. Uh, and then later on in life, I worked for an international company and uh, we bought a Radio Shack TRS 80 with those big discs. And we had a program by a guy by Sharesh John. He was in our, our engineering department and he programmed how to do production planning and inventory control number of weeks supply purchase orders. And we'd program this and I, we'd go down to like Venezuela or another third world country. We'd load all the data in and let it run all night. And we get back in the morning and there'll be some of the results still cranking away. And then if you change anything, you had to go back and do it again. Uh, we moved from that to the, uh, uh, a little, little compact that used to look like a suitcase. And uh, took that down to Venezuela, and that one worked pretty fast. That was, it had, I think I had 64K memory in the uh, TRS-80, and I think we went up to 10,000 10, 10, K or something on the other one. But anyhow, I digress. The It was fun in technology. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Um, Bill Gates is on the cover of Info Magazine, and they have an article about me in that magazine when I was doing it. I have oh, to show wow. you that, Odell. Were you the centerfold, Bill? Were you the centerfold? I was a good-looking young guy with with hair then. <laughs> and so, they yeah. talked about how yeah. unique it was that we connected a PC to a mainframe and took the data off the mainframe and manipulated it in a PC for our particular reports. No one had ever done that before. Well, let me ask Chris something. Chris, when you look at... um the whole idea of COVID and you talked about your wife came downstairs and looked at you and said, Hey buddy, this ain't working. How do you think this affect other young black males in elementary school, middle school, all these type of stuff who maybe didn't have the connectivity of a nice computer. Maybe the only device that worked in their homes is a cell phone with limited capacity, limited minutes, limited storage, all that kind of stuff, because all access cost. So if it bothered you with all you have going on, how do you think it may or may not have affected those other individuals? I mean, I feel like it was probably debilitating, honestly, you know, um, not to toot our horn here in market space, but that's one of our biggest, uh, our bigger ob objectives is uh, working with some of the school systems to provide connectivity for, um, you know, underprivileged neighborhoods, underprivileged, um, you know, children, because you're, you're right, man. I mean, uh, schools try to do a good job of sending out computers when it, where they can, 
for students to use, but that doesn't really handle the connectivity issue, right? If you're, if you're somewhere where you don't have the funds or the income to pay for high-speed internet, and you're struggling to get like a 480p resolution uh, video, um, you, you're not going to be able to learn, to learn. You're at a disadvantage already. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of minorities, um, young black kids um, are, are still having to deal with that type of, a, of an issue. I know some school systems are starting to send out what, what they call uh, jet packs, um, which are your, you know, kind of uh, mobile um, internet solutions for these kids to be able to, 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 to turn on. But they only have a limited quantity that they can send out. So it's, it's a problem and it will continue to be a problem. Um, you know, and, and obviously COVID did nothing but amplify that. You know, you're starting to see how these kids cannot cannot learn, um, you know, without being in the school, the actual physical school environment because they just don't have the technology to be able to connect. And I think, I, I know I took it for granted. I take it for granted sometimes. And I think a lot of people do. They just think that, okay, it's commonplace for everyone to be able to connect with their phone or their laptop or computer and, and get a quality signal and to be able to have this type of feedback and dialogue, but it's, it's not. So, yeah, you're right. We have a couple of Boy Scout camps that are out in the country and the, the volunteers that come want to be connected to the internet to get their emails or whatever text. And, uh, it was going to cost us $90,000 to put a tower up or the same amount to run fiber optics. So we ended up going with uh, make hotspots using HughesNet with the satellite. So we would, we would set up a hotspot in the kitchen area in the, and maybe in a, a meeting room so that people could go there and, and get on the internet. And uh, again, I think that bill that they're, that they're coming out with is supposed to uh, Wi-Fi the rural areas. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill, I, so I know to that point, right, I think the states, United States of America, we're, we're a blessed country, obviously. But then the thing we, we sort of start to forget about, there are, uh, you know, other countries out there where, you know, they're in rural, they're in rural remote areas, right? They don't have any way to connect, you know, they can't connect with their cell phones, they, they don't have that capability. Um, and how are they, how are they getting the, the, the proper education? So, you start to think about those things too. And I think that's where we feel like satellite can come in and, and, and be beneficial because you can connect anywhere with satellite. Yep, exactly. Well, good. We're getting near the end of our time. So Christian, you, you want to tell us how you find common ground with the people that uh, around you? Man, I, I think it's simple for me. Uh, I don't try to overcomplicate it. I just try to have a conversation. I think spark a conversation with someone. And I think the hardest part is starting a conversation. But once you start it, you'll you'll realize that a lot of those barriers you you thought were in place were not even in place in the first place. You know, you just start the conversation, get to talking to them and you'll find common ground eventually if if they're open to it. Well said, you know, it's you make a good point. It's hard to start that conversation. It's hard to get started. And and I think people find that uh, over a cup of coffee or a meal for some reason, the barriers come down uh, and it makes it a little easier to have those, start those conversations. Uh, and uh, you, you tend to not start them with the real hard questions. You, you move into those after you've developed trust in a relationship. Yeah. I think my common ground, honestly, with a lot of people is just talking about technology. I feel like everyone is interested in technology, whether you think you know about it or not. They're interested in kind of trying to figure out what does this do? How does this work? Or how can we make it work? You know, so. Yeah, you got a good point. You know, it's something, Bill, when I think about him, as um, you mentioned, you said you and I, along with others, have built tree, have planted trees that we know the shade we won't sit under. Mm -hmm. But that's part of life. And I think when you talk about, you know, what he's doing and Christian, for you, for me, let me just share from an old black guy's perspective. And then I'll read this point one more time. When people see you and then they hear you and then they get to experience your knowledge, your skill sets, your ability to communicate, your spirit, then I go back to the Langston Hughes poem that I will read in honor of you one more time. It says, I too, by Langston Hughes, I too sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes. But I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, 
I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I too am America. Kristen, when you go in, continue to be you. Even if you're the only one in the room, don't be more than who you are. Don't be less than who you are, my brother. You just be you because you make people like me and Bill proud. You talk about things today. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's okay, though. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just an old black guy coming out of the cave with my little, now Now you let me know I have a smartphone and it's going to be okay. Bill, your thoughts before party thoughts for our good friend, Christian. Christian, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've accomplished. I'm proud of what you're going to accomplish. Uh, you know, you, you started out probably uh, with a struggle. Like you said, you weren't the best in school till you figured it out. And uh, that always makes you, when you think about it, you say, wow, if I'd have known that back then, I'd have had a different outcome, but God didn't want that outcome. God wanted the outcome that you have. And uh, just keep in the faith and keep going, brother. Thanks for appreciate, being on our show. Appreciate that, guys. And, and to you, Odell, with that, with that, um, that poem, and that that's powerful. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna print it out and put it on my wall. But the thing that sticks out with me on that poem is, once you get a seat at the table, take advantage of it, right? So I think that's what sticks out to me there. You get a seat, you work hard for it, now take advantage of it. So I appreciate your time, guys. This has been incredible. It's been great meeting. You. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, Executive Producer. Jeremy Powell, Creative Director. Jacob Sutherland, Director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events, Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.